The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive may also contain good causes. And if you are a little bit sensitive to some topics involving children, poverty, that sort of thing, there are going to be some some stories and some various things that we're going to discuss today in the episode about sexual mutilation and, and stuff like that. So if you are sensitive to that, this might not be for you, but still listen and just put your fingers in your ears at those, those parts if you don't like them. Also, this will be a year of Seesaw. 52 episodes of Cleves and this cunt. I'm glad you disclaimed them by now. <laughs> I mean, we're second episode of season two now. Two, two. I'm not doing that. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. Notice I didn't even cut the cunt that time. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Seesaw Podcast with me, the Tea, and he, the Cleves. How are things, Cleves? Yeah, pretty good. How are things with you? Yeah, pretty good. I think we should just jump right into this one today, because there's a lot to get through. It's all good stuff. So, do you want to say what we're doing this week? This week, we are talking to Eagle and Rachel from Punk for the Homeless. Yes. They are a charity based in and around Nottingham, although they go to gigs pretty much all up and down the country. And, and as you'll right. find out, they help out children in yes. Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone, all over the world. Like, I don't think there's any barriers on what they will do if they feel they can make a difference. And I think we'll just jump straight into it. Hi, we're here today with Rachel and Eagle from Punk for the Homeless. They're here today to talk to us uh, about the charity and what they do. So yeah, if you want to just give us a bit of an overview, let me know how it got started and what it is you do for uh, people. I started off promoting gigs over 30 years ago. I know I only got 25, but no, over no. 30 years ago, I started you know, promoting gigs and stuff. And um, some of those, um, they did a shelter benefit for me in 92. Rachel's my current wife. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married twice before. My second wife was a little bit older than me. And her son uh, went to work for as a volunteer for a charity called Casa Alianza UK, who worked with street kids in Honduras, Mexico, Guatemala, and Nicaragua. There's over 100 million street children in the world. There's 40 million in, in Latin America. I started, you know, did some work, I did a couple of benefit gigs to raise money for them because my stepson was getting involved. And I did an all-day gig that used to be a brilliant punk gig, punk venue. You know, it was on the scene for any small touring band, based school the Indian Queen in Boston, Lincolnshire. Right. The IQ. The IQ, it's often named that. So I did an all-day there. 
went really well. And then the next year, I did a two-dayer and called them both doing it for the kids. I became ill and really hooked up. I was involved with the occult and lots of dark shit. So I was really bad. I mean, I was in a lot of pain and sort of messed up for, for about four years, from uh, which resulted in a uh, breakup of my marriage and that kind of stuff. But then I had a I had a meeting with God. I know that sounds really strange for a uh, punk rocker, especially, <laughs> yeah. especially an anarchist. So I started going to a church, and you know, that, basically things really sorted me out. And you know, it's quite you know, dramatic conversion. But you know, the more I looked into it, and more I see that you know, God is love, and really anything that Jesus is basically asking is that we love one another and look after the marginalised, the poor, and don't just people. Which is cool shit. Which is uh, what I believe does a punk anyway. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I had a, I had this real sort of feeling that. An, I should start putting punk gigs on again. You know, I, you know, it felt really as if it was a calling. So in 2010, I started putting gigs on again after a four-year break because I was so ill. Uh, I hadn't got any money, uh, so um, and I was back. I was a bit of a hooligan before then as well, so I was banned from <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> punk bands on again in um, Boston. But, but the place I you know, came to mind and heart was. Uh, this big hall inside a big old Methodist church. And, and so, believe it or not, we started in a um, church hall. I wrote letters to uh, various homeless charities, and uh, nobody got back to me apart from Cassianza UK, and probably because nobody else wanted to work with, with dirty punk rockers. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go, fair enough, I reckon. So, started doing gigs for them on a regular basis in the church hall. And then nine years ago, I met Rachel, my wife, got, got married, and I moved to live with her in Nottingham. So we tried a couple of venues out. Uh, we did uh, a couple of gigs at the Old Angel. But the past seven years, we've been at a vegan anarchist centre in, well, it's on Glaston Street called the Schumach Centre, which also, who also do an awful lot of good. However, after working uh, 10 years with Compass Children's Charity solely, a guy I'd met, because I'm also a punk poet, I'd met this guy on a tour when I was touring in the Midwest. Of America, not England. Of America, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd probably ban from the Midwest of England. <laughs> yeah, a friend called Bruce Ryan had uh, connected to this, well, what we now know as Oporphanage. Basically, when the Ebola crisis hit Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone it left lots and lots and lots of orphans. And the weakest of those orphans are girls because they either get trafficked or or any of this horrible shit uh, or starve on the streets. So this one guy, Rashid, and his mum and Tino's brother took 73 girls in uh, to their three-bedroom house. So that's what we call Ope Orphanage, where you know, we're planning to sort of try and to get so, somewhere built, which does it. Yeah. But however, so what we've managed to do is um, get the girls into ed- you know, feed the girls, get the girls into education, get them clothes, shoes. They're all sleeping on the floor. They've all got mattresses all over the floor now. So, and then recently, or Rachel will tell you about recently with a chief turning up. I think one of the interesting things from a disability point of view is Rashid not only looks after seventy-three girls at the orphanage, but they also have a blind girl who arrived when they'd honed all 73 girls 
And he said, how can you turn her away? She's more vulnerable than most. She's out there and she has nothing. So he secured funding from some friends of ours in America and got her into a blind school. And at this school, it's mainly residential. She goes home occasionally for a couple of days. Out of curiosity, whereabouts is it? McKenney Town, Sierra Leone. That just blew me away, really, that they got this little blind girl. And we got to a point last year where her funding had run out and she was removed back to the house. Now, obviously, it's quite precarious for her there with 73 other children and three adults in a three-bedroom dwelling. So she did these videos asking for help and we managed to secure um, a terms funding for her and paid for that. So she's got taken back to this residential project, which will enable her to live the best life possible. What else was it you wanted me to I was going about the chief turning. Oh, yeah. Um, we got really distressed the other day. We had a message from Sierra Leone and it was quite panicked. The chief of one of the local tribes, I would imagine, um, or villagers, he turned up with two old ladies and apparently he's standing for some kind of re-election. And he came with a view to having all of the girls in the orphanage genitally mutilated because this would enhance his status within the community and more likely get him elected. So Rashid contacted us and said, you're never going to guess what's happened. Like, well, I was very loose. But he went to the police station in McKenney Town, and basically he screamed Eagle's name, my name, Punk for the Homeless name. Every other person's name he knew involved with Punk for the Homeless, Frank, Cutter, and he just stood there and and named named us all at the top of his lungs (laughs) and said, these people are not going to be happy with you, and went to town with them. He also recorded all of the girls saying, no, we don't want this procedure. And the girls voiced their concerns about how potentially vulnerable the smaller children are because they said actually on camera, if somebody offers them a lollipop, they're going. (laughs) So they were watching them like hawks. And what happened, which is uh, amazing, is the police called the chief in and said, if you go back, we're going to have you arrested on our say-so. It's horrible that that was even a situation, but amazing that so much... There's so much weight behind Punk for the Homeless. and like, Which is, which is crazy, because basically yeah. most of the time it's just me uh, and <laughs> 60 next year and visually impaired with osteoarthritis and diabetic neuropathy and lots of other crap, so I'm in pain all the time. So <laughs> if I took a look at us, I mean, we've both got coloured hair, I've got a Mohican, hmm. and I think if I took one look at us, I would think, what the hell are we scared of? We're going to go in there and do that. But thankfully, <laughs> yeah. they, don't, they, don't, they haven't seen us. But <laughs> yeah. well, he, is, he is right. He comes again, we'll make such a noise, they will fuck off into the wide blue yonder. You won't let them do it over here. Yeah, And it's all about girls not getting pleasure from sex, which is some kind of uh. sick shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah. What, unless you're dating Boris Johnson, when that's the life of side effect. So basically, <laughs> what <laughs> what we do, what we do uh, to raise money, we put on gigs in, in Nottingham, mainly at the Shoe Mac, various bands from around the country, or occasionally we have European bands, bands, European bands, and further afield come and play for us. We also do a vegan meal at, uh, at gigs. So well, normally we. Suggest a donation of five quid. That means if you if you haven't got any money, you can get in for free. And um, you can eat for free. And you can eat for free with, with a meal. It's um two-course vegan meal 
uh, cooked by, in my mind, one of the best vegan cooks I've ever, ever tasted. Two courses for five quid, but if you haven't got any money, you get fed as well. People often criticise us for for not doing stuff in this for people in this country, which we actually do. We're collecting food at the subs gigs, and we often do that. We always take food and clothes in and stuff. Uh, Rachel works in a... I work at the Friary in West Bridgeford in Nottingham, okay. and I've worked, I've worked with homeless people for over 30 35 years. I know where I belong, which is amongst real people who have real struggles. We also work very closely with We Shall Overcome, which was set up by a group of musicians who basically said, we're not going to help who the bloody hell is. <laughs> and so all these years later, We Shall Overcome is such a stalwart in this country. If you've not heard of Pauline Town and the station in Ashton Underline, you're missing out. Pauline is a bedrock of that community. She's won awards, but she's had to borrow her mum's top and her sister's shoes to go in. Because um, <laughs> all she ever wears is jeans and band shirts. But the, the musical underground DIY community in England have kept that one going. And basically, we know that we are called to work with the underprivileged and the people on the margins. And uh, have a bloody good time as well. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of sadness about what we do, I suppose, because you know, I mean, it's it's, it's obscene that there's a hundred million street children in the world. We can make a difference to some lives, and that's yeah. built up over years. The amount of kids we've helped is phenomenal, and that's all thanks to bands travelling to do our gigs, not even charging petrol money. People putting uh... fifty quid in the pot while they're here. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things that's monumental that's happened in the last couple of weeks is since we met the girls and our band and us, we got to talk to them on Zoom. Activistas, that's our band. We got to talk to the girls on Zoom and suddenly everybody everybody kind of perked up about what they were doing. And there were no longer nameless children on the other side of the world. These were real 3D children who wanted to engage with us and didn't really just want us to chuck money at it. They wanted a relationship with us as a group of people. And at first we were a bit reticent because some of these children are five years of age. And as you know, it's called punk for the homeless for a reason. At first we were like, do we have to like not swear with stuff we do for the girls? And Which it was is like, impossible well, for me because I'm a punk poet and swearing is punctuation. And you <laughs> have no idea what other words fit in, do you? No. So we did this gig for the girls and everybody was very much into what we were doing. And then lockdown happened and I thought Eagle was going to jump off a cliff. Eagles fly, which is good. But uh, yeah, I was You're pretty... You're a fat But I was pretty, uh, I was pretty low beginning of lockdown because you think, well, I've got, we've got these kids to feed and you know, what the hell are we going to do? But lockdown turned out to be pretty bloody miraculous for us, to be honest, because we went online nice. and we raised a lot more money and got a lot more support. profile and support from people you know, would normally if it wasn't locked down. So, like, during lockdown then, is that when you started to push a little bit more on social media and stuff? Because, like, when we went to Subs of the Day, like, like the person I'd gone to see Subs with had just seen it on Facebook that you guys were there and that you had, like, a, you know, you could drop off cans and things like that. So we stopped at, like, Tesco's before we went to pick some stuff up. Did you find that, like, having that sort of stuff on social media is getting more people to to do that sort of thing now at gigs? Is it like got more people involved? Do you think? 
well, we've always, I mean, we've always been well connected and on, you know, on through Facebook and everything. But what mm. what we did was start doing a lot more live gig, you know, uh, streamed gigs. You did fifty five days straight. Yeah, you told me not to let it take over. I my said life. to him, "Get something going <laughs> online, but don't let it take over our lives." So, fifty-five days later, we had a break. <laughs> so we doubled our money in lockdown because I think for me, the best feedback we've had of our lockdown gigs when we got bands to perform from their own homes and people who live together set up bands purely to perform on punk for the homeless. And the best feedback I've had is people. It got them through lockdown because we all developed this relationship with the girls who once a month perform a traditional dance for us. And bear in mind, these children haven't got shop down the road where they can go and get dressing up materials. So they were weaving grass into headsets. They even forced their hairs to look like Moeekans after one week. (laughs) 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 And they loved all of it. They commented on all the performances while they were performing it. Because it's um, it's funny because uh, what norm, what was tended to happen, if anything was, if we were streaming anything, the girls would steal uh, Rashid's phone because they only got one phone between them and that would mm. go around and stuff. But it was great because I might managed to borrow some equipment from somebody locally, which is quite miraculous because uh, people off you know, around that area looked down on the girls big time. But I managed to borrow, borrow some equipment so we could actually zoom and do uh, cultural dancing, which is absolutely amazing. And if you and want to check, it's all on YouTube. It's all on YouTube, and uh, they did a, a play for us at Christmas, which we put out, and that was the, the cry, cry of the orphan. Cry of the orphan, oh, which day. speaks louder than we can, can ever speak, I think. But it was all written and directed and performed, performed by them. I mean, the thing is, what we're punk for homeless are having to do at the moment is because we've. Uh, we never bothered registering as a official charity the past eleven years, okay. Because we'd always, because we'd always worked with um, Compass Children's Charity. Oh, its predecessor, Castra Alianza. Yeah, it was predecessor Castra Alianza UK. I mean, uh, Compass Children's Charity is well worth checking out online as well. If you look at their website, they've done some great work. But since we've been working with Sierra Leone, it's just been remarkable to change. The girls, if you look back on some of the clips, they're hungry, they're ill-shod, they don't have decent clothing on, they're not smiling. You look at them now, they run around screaming, girls are great. (laughs) Two of the girls in the orphanage have been appointed head girl for their respective schools. This is unprecedented territory. Well, yes, what I was going to say was, yes, so we hadn't, we we never bothered Reginald's official charity, but what I'm having to do now, which we're, you know, there's a lot of paperwork going on beyond, beyond things. So we're registering as an official charity so we can make uh, Hope Orphanage an NGO, not non-governmental, non-governmental organisation, hoping that will give them uh, more, more protection and stuff and yeah. hopefully get some grants from inside the country because their government's certainly not helping kids. So uh, I think we answered your question. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, we kind of sort of took over and uh, just. That's fine. Like you can tell, you're obviously passionate about it, and you've obviously done such a lot of good work in such a short space of time. We've been yeah. going eleven years now, so I know. But even then, like you, you can see like the tangible changes over that amount of time. Yeah. which is well, well, which is really good. Uh, well, originally, originally, I mean, I, I, was, I was making about thirty quid a gig, sometimes um, less than that, and I'd still be up at two thirty and three a.m. 
But we persevered, and now, yeah, we. I think we made three hundred and fifty pound on Saturday. Our next gig is on the eleventh of December, actually. and then we've won the week after on the eighteenth. Do you, um, as well as putting on your own gigs, are you able to? Well, I was a gay crash, but like, are you, have you ever gone to like other gigs around Nottingham for other bands and just said, you know, we're punk for the homeless. Do you mind if we like set up store there? Yeah, we know a lot of the promoters in Nottingham, mm. and so Lee Garrett has said anything that Eyes Wide Shut do. Eyes Wide Open. I always knew I'd get it wrong. Um, <laughs> anything they do, we can have a stall at. Um, we're very good friends with um, Red Can. Um, From Ferocious Dog. And he said we can have a stall. But the problem is, and this is not necessarily criticism, it's just fact. When it comes down to it, if me and Eagle can't do it, it doesn't get done. Right. Okay. And that concerns me as we're getting more decrepit. Speak but, for yourself. I can stand up sometimes. It's <laughs> not straight. Um, and, and it does worry me because I, I would like um, the next group of us who are coming up to be out there doing it. Because the one thing Punk for the Homeless is that I think a lot of organisations aren't, is we are entirely inclusive. We have had people in wheelchairs um, and it's accessible at the Sumac if you come in the back door off Beach Avenue. There's a disabled lavatory. Um, we've had several people with um, visual impairment over the years, to such an extent that Eagle will very often fall over a speaker. I fell, you know, I fell over backwards over a monitor a couple of weeks because <laughs> we're, we're uh, my other band uh, kind of thing, uh, Eagle Spitz Hex. We were performing, and I fell over backwards over the monitor but I didn't miss a beat I carried on shouting in time I thought it was pretty impressive what's good is the sumac is one of the last of its kind in UK um it's owned by a cooperative of which we're members and I'm on the committee and basically that building's mortgaged so it's unlike other venues it's not controlled by promoters it's yeah. not controlled by record companies it's not controlled by speculators and we're, we've built in several protections to stop being cuckooed. So it, it is hoped it will remain one of the better venues in Nottingham because the fact we can cook there and feed people, yeah. there is nothing like breaking bread together. Uh, so we do that at each gig as well. But what is brilliant recently is over the time we've worked with the girls, we seem to have satisfied their immediate need. From our culture you would be tempted to salt away everything else coming in to deal with future need. But Rashid has lots and lots of children who are completely alone in this world, swarming around where he lives. Yeah, they, get, they feed about 200 extra street kids every day now as well. And they started that about four or five days ago. And the village men are laughing at Rashid and his brother for cooking for children who are destitute. So we, as a group of people, and I encourage you to join Punk for the Homeless group on Facebook. Facebook group. Um, basically, we get to communicate with Rashid whenever you want to give him that bit of push that says, do you know me? We're behind you. Sodom, you do what you're doing because it humbles me that the minute he had any excess, he cooked it for those that desperately need it. And he calls these new children our new family. 
He's a crowd just, to be his friend. He, he's an mm. example of a human being. Yeah, so am I, but not a good one. No, you're very bad. You mentioned as well just about the accessibility and stuff for gigs at Eagle. Obviously, when I went to subs the other day, uh, admittedly, I don't know how good or bad this is, but my friend says, oh, he's got a cane. He's like you. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> Solidarity, brother. I know, yeah. So, I mean, that probably was one of the first reasons. Oh, obviously, we had to drop off the cans and stuff as well. But it's probably the one of the reasons we're doing this now. Do you mind if I just sort of ask um, how your condition affects you and if, that's like if it's been if there's been any barriers in terms of your work with the charity that that's caused or even, even like getting around gigs and things like that has it always been sort of accessible has it been more accessible at punk gigs specifically depends where you are i suppose i guess what i yeah like i always find that the punk yeah. community is quite all-encompassing i don't yeah. know what it's like with yeah well i mean i've had shit at a couple of p- bigger punk gigs you know people giving you shit because you've got a white cane there, there is a bit of discrimination, but you know, punk scenes a hell of a lot better than a lot of places. Yeah, but at least you get picked up in the mosh pit. Yeah, I get picked up in the yeah, mosh pit, even, even if I'm not in this country. I got very nervous um, when I was at a festival in Paris and I was in the mosh pit. I, mean, I haven't seen a guy with a white stick. But people pick you up, look after you. I mean, I've got, I stayed at my mates the other week, a couple of punk, punk homeless related things in, in London. Uh, a guy called Alex Ling he's in a bank of rights I've had he's a, but stayed at his so got up in the middle of the night stepped into what I thought was a toilet I stepped into the hallway open, open air because it was a bloody uh, top of the stairs so I ended up at the bottom of the stairs with a bike on top of me I've been known... Alex didn't wake up though Alex, so yeah it was good <laughs> Alex didn't wake up thank god I was in Nottingham you'd wake me up <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good band uh Celtic punk band I'm friends with uh, called Flatful 56. I I did some stuff as an, yeah, as an opener before they went on stage at this big festival. But it was getting dusk and being a blind bastard, I tripped over some tent pegs, ripped my trousers right <laughs> from the top to the knees, and no crutch left in my trousers. <laughs> uh, I've got two minutes to get on stage. Thankfully, somebody had rolled uh, left a roll of shiny gaffer tape uh, backstage so I've got a big gaffer tape crutch as my sort of biggest appearance I'm ever to do in my life <laughs> <laughs> but I like to think there's lots of naive um, little punks in uh, America now walking around with gaffer tape crutches because yeah. I think it's the latest craze yeah so yeah the punk scene is yeah pretty damn good for in- inclusion which is great and, and I think Eagle gets around an awful lot better when his com- wife convinced him to have a white stick. When I that. first met Eagle, he didn't have a white stick. And the problem with that is Eagle looks a bit like a thug to other people because of his accent, because of his stance, because of his haircut. And in some places in the UK, still his reputation. Yeah. So people have that kind of, assumption with you don't they yeah so if you bump into somebody when you've got a white stick you're not going to get anywhere near as much crap that's true yeah <laughs> well, i was saying people don't know you can't see them they just think you're an ignorant gay but we have found with the white stick sometimes people are even more being rude i think one thing i i seem to not to struggle with what some people do is that a lot of time, people don't actually realise I'm disabled, yeah. even though I've got a white stick on my hand. 
they make assumptions. But I mean, I have got a bit of sight. I mean, my left eye is totally knackered. Well, dam- really badly damaged optic nerves. So, uh, but in my right right eye, I've I've got glaucoma and dry eye as well. But in my in my, in my right eye, um, I can see a bit. It's a little bit blurred, but very narrowed from top to bottom and from side to side. But I've got a little bit of vision, so I'm better off than a lot of people. One of the hard things we've found is people assume that people with visual impairments have no sight. Yeah, yeah, instantly. And that is such a small percentage of people. We were once in a, a DVD shop and this man started going mad about benefit scroungers who can actually see. Yeah. And it's like, what kind of nutters are you? <laughs> Ignorant <laughs> ones. Yeah. yeah. But that's what's been encouraged, isn't it? And we've noticed a change since since Brexit of people's attitudes. Well, I mean, and one thing I think is that in order for governments to survive, they always need scapegoats. And yeah. I think you, a few years ago, it was disabled people. And I think they were. But we don't have prejudiced. a lot of that in the punk scene. Do no, we? no. Not the at one all. thing about punks the homeless gigs, if you've never been, is we're one big family. And so we have the fortunate role of being the person who people remember the name of because we're always there. So you can start off with you, you've got a cold, sit and watch Netflix. (laughs) This is who we are, this is what we do, and we literally believe it to be what we're made to do and what we're meant to do. And if that's all we can do is make a difference and have community here, because Punk for the Homeless community is a family. It's amazing to hear that like a lot of positive things are coming from the hard work you're doing and Yeah, and yeah, the bands work hard as well. You they put in 110 percent and and that's people do the cooking and stuff and like at the Shemac Centre, it's all volunteer run and uh our staff so it's all people doing stuff to make a difference and for nothing because it's not about money oh well cheers for coming on guys um do you want to great thank you yeah do you want to just let everyone know where to sort of find you on like social media and that right well punk for homeless number four yeah that's punk for that's a number for you uh, instead of for you know a bit of artifactness there but punk for the homeless on facebook group and youtube and band camp band camp because we got really sexy sexy merch yeah our merch is great Um, (laughs) and it's reasonably priced as well because most stands you can't get a hoodie for 20 quid and you can't get a long sleeve shirt for 12 and that's what our merch goes out for the ladies so we do um Girls are loud merchandise. Uh, and for the men who want to wear and, girls are loud. T-shirt. And for the men, but yeah, so uh, girls are loud. Uh, occasionally, we'll do a, uh, an, a a gig with all uh, female fronted acts really? in solidarity with Hope Orphanage, so, and we call those gigs "Girls Are Loud." Nice. They are indeed amazing. I'll, I'll be sure that we will put all of your links in the show notes and and everything like that. So. Brilliant. Well, wow, it's been great chatting to you guys. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on. Thank Appreciate you. Time. Come along to a gig. Come along to a gig. You'll, you'll love it. Yeah, our next gig is on the 11th of December. And then we've got one following starting on the 18th. A, starting a, about one, I think, and the following week starting about the same time, which is the 18th. And then we're finished until the end of um, January. January. when well, we're 12. When Pop yes. Hamlet's are 12. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Right, we're going to go and watch Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Been amazing speaking to both of you. And you guys, thanks. Thanks a lot. You take care. All right, cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye now.
And we're back. And as always, I'm going to say that that was an incredible interview. And sounded a bit more genuine this time. <laughs> sounded a bit more genuine. Yeah, yeah. You're normally not great at that, but this was actually really good. I'm going to go on record and say all the other times I've said it were genuine, but sometimes it does come across quite condescending and forced. <laughs> and it's not supposed to be. I love talking to people. Like the guest shows are some of my favourite ones to do. And these guys obviously do a lot of great work and they're really, really passionate about what they do. So we do urge everyone to get involved with this. Please go to the website, donate if you can. If not, just get involved with the, the activities word. that they have on. Yeah, just generally spread the word. Yeah. It, if you can't afford to sort of give a donation or buy some of their merch, share it on social media. Like, it costs you nothing. Word of mouth means everything. So get the voices out there and I will put everything in the show notes. There's all the links. Do it now. Also, just before we go, we need to plug Seeing Things Differently, Episode 2. Should be out now. This one is on employment, and this one is going to be on the ladies' podcast, which is This Is What Blind Looks Like. Again, we'll put the link in the description. Go support it. Another fantastic show. Getting, Getting all this content up in your ears. All right, next week, probably back to Seesaw Classic. The same flavour and all the calories. Until then. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.